Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. For some of us, we're here and we're standing in that grace. We believe in the gospel, the grace of God, and we receive that and we walk in it. And hopefully this will encourage you as you continue to reach out to others and minister the gospel of grace. But maybe there are people today that you're here and you're saying, man, I've... I've I, I believe the different gospel. I've been trying to earn a right standing with God. I, maybe you're maybe you're one where your walk has been up and down because you're like, man, I'm not doing good. No, I'm doing bad. I'm doing better. And, and you don't understand that God will take you just how you are. Do you feel like you have to earn your way to God? In today's message from Pastor Bill, he shares with you that no amount of good deeds can earn you right standing before the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and that no one can come to the Heavenly Father except through Him. Pastor Bill reiterates that if you're trying to work your way to God, you're just exhausting yourself. It's only by receiving God's grace through faith in His Son, Jesus. Receive Him as your Lord today. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Galatians chapter 1 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Now, verse 6, this is where he gets rolling. He says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you to the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And Paul said, I'm really shocked at you guys. I'm, I'm shocked. I marvel. That word marvel. Like I'm, I'm, I'm shocked at you guys. It's so soon you guys are turning aside from what you received initially. You're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And so what was happening here? Paul would go into a region. He went into the region of Galatia, preached the gospel. People got converted. They came to Christ. They were born again. They were doing great. Paul says, all right, work has started. Raise up some people, leaders. And he went and he was working somewhere else. And he gets word that people have gone in with bad doctrine and that they received it. And Paul's like, come on. I don't know if you guys have ever seen somebody that looked like they were getting going solid with the Lord. And then you find that they they went to something else. And you're like, what, what, why are you? do that? Why would you do that? You know, I've seen people that seem to have converted to Christianity. And then I find out that, you know, now they're a part of there, there's a guy. We actually went witnessing one day. Miss Monica remember because there was a young man that looked just like her son. I remember that. OK, it was on my old street and we were witnessing. And, and I had a long conversation with this guy, you know, talked to him, prayed with him. And he, he, he wasn't coming all the way, though. It was like, I, I believe, but I'm not ready to fully surrender. It was, it was an unsurrendered, uh, not completely surrendered. And I, I'm at Whole Foods, you know, months later, and I see him in all this interesting garb. And I'm like, what in the world you done got yourself into, man? You, you got this weird clothes. I said, man, wait, I, I shook his hand. I said, that was with my daughter. And she's looking like, oh, no, Dad, you're going to have another. You're going to be here all night. And <laughs> sure enough, this guy, is. Then he done got all into some, you know, some weird thing, you know, and I just said, man, why, 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 what is it, what is it about this that, you know, what, I went and I asked him, I said, what, what about this is, is appealing to you? And it, it appeals to the flesh. There's some sense of power to it. It's got some racial tones to it. And, and it's got all these little things that, that really kind of, you know, this is tickle the flesh. There's something in it for you. Um, the gospel, when you look at the gospel for what it is, all the glory goes to him. We're just a recipient of a great gift. There's not really much to boast in. And so for those of us we witnessed all week, we found you find people that believe a lot of different things for a lot of different reasons. One thing I believe is this. I believe that everybody has a need for a relationship with the Lord 
But I think we live in a very self-centered, selfish sort of society. And if there's some way that I can be a part of it, in my flesh, if there's some, if I can somehow have something to do with it, there's something in our flesh that says, I want to do that. And that's where legalism becomes powerful. Nobody will, when you look at legalism, it's like, you know, you're going to have some extra rules and restrictions so you can feel better about yourself. That wouldn't really appeal to anybody. Extra rules and regulations doesn't really appeal to us. But it can appeal to someone's fallen nature that says, well, this will make me better than them. I feel good about that. You know, I don't eat this. Anybody know some Christians like that? They're really proud about what they don't do. Some of y'all here don't be there. Right. You know, there are people that are really proud of all that they don't do. You know, I don't I don't do that. You know, I know a guy that he's a seven day Adventist and um, he's vegan and uh, he's really, really, really proud about his. I mean, really, really proud of, of all that, all the rules and restrictions and extra things. And I'm like. That's, you know, great. I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of Jesus, you know. Be careful. Paul says, I marvel. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. And I want you to note that he called you in grace. What God called me to and what God called you to is to be recipients of his grace. What he's made available to us didn't cost you anything, cost him everything available to you on the merit of his goodness. God's out. He called you to his grace. I marvel that you're you're turning away so soon from him who called you to in grace. He says to a different gospel. Now, there's only one true gospel. So any other gospel or any other version of the gospel, it no longer becomes the gospel. It's not another of the same. It's a perverted gospel. So in our culture today, there are many perversions of the gospel. There is there's the word faith gospel that's prevalent. There's a lot of people that that are into that form of the gospel that says I come to God so I can get some more stuff. And who, what does that minister? That ministers to people's flesh. You know that appeals to the to the sinner. I mean, you mean if I you mean if I if, if I do this, God will make me rich. You know there are people that I, I'm gonna stop buying scratchers and go to your church. You know if I sow a seed, I'm gonna get a harvest on my seed. Is that what you're telling me? You know if I give a hundred dollars, I'm gonna get a, a hundredfold blessing back. You know. And I just wonder over time, how many people are there doing it and doing it and doing it and it doesn't work. And, and, you know, they tell you after it doesn't work, but you must be something you're doing wrong. You're not believing. Right. You might, you might have some sin. Who don't have some sin? Right. There'll be some reason why it's just not exactly, you, you know, you got you to get more. I actually know a man that was told by one of these guys that, you know, he was given, he said, I tithe and give regularly. But I'm not being financially blessed like he was expecting based on what the teaching he was getting. And they said that the reason why is you're giving what you can afford to give. You got to give what you can't afford to give for God to supernaturally bless you. And so they told him, if you want God to bless your household, then whatever you pay for your household for the month, what's your house note? Give that to the Lord. Uh, and actually, the person that was saying it was going to receive it. So that's it. You know, they said, what do you what is your business cost to run for a month? Give that to the Lord and God's going to bless your business and your household. Well, he did both in the same month and it didn't come back and he couldn't make a house payment and he couldn't make a business payment. And guess who he blamed? He blamed God. I wanted to slap the preacher and I told him, I said, don't blame God. I said, you blame that preacher. He lied to you. And you know what he told me? Don't speak down the man of God because that's what they trained him over there. Y'all beware of that mess. That's another gospel. That's not the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is, look, I, how many guys have been blessed by God when you ain't been doing right? Grace. I don't even deserve. You know you didn't deserve. You got blessed and you were like, 
Oh, you cry. Why would, why would you do this to me? I'm so bad. That's, you know, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. And sometimes God will just lavish on you some blessing while you, you're messing up. You know it. And he just blesses you. And you sit there. You can probably cry right there. I'm sorry. I'm going to do better. That's grace. That's the reality. That's what God's really doing. God's not rewarding you based on how you're performing. And so if we could accept that, it would help our relationship with the Lord. That we'll stop trying to earn favor and we could just worship him for being so good to us. God, you're so good to me all the time. And we would just love him back and worship him. And in everything that we do in service, we're not serving God so he'll bless us. God, I serve you because I'm blessed so much already. I don't, I don't do for you, Lord, so that you will in return do this for me. God, you've already been so good. That anything I do in service or anything I offer to you, it's it's in response to what you've done. I used to hate to hear this at my, my old church. They would say, when praises go up, blessings come down, right? That's a, that's messed up theology, right? Because that's basically saying, God, I'm going to praise you, so you bless me. That's not how it goes. I would, I'm, I'm, so I'm going to manipulate you. I'm going to sing to you songs so that you give me some more stuff. God, Like God don't see that coming a mile away who knows your heart. We praise him for what he's already done. Amen. And so, but that's the, that's the type of stuff. You, you hear that enough in the church. Everybody knows it, but it's false. That's not the gospel. That's not according to grace. That's, that's God. I'm, I'm even going to take what I do for you at church and do it so you'll bless me. I'm going to give so you bless me. I'm going to worship you so you rain down extra blessings. Everything I do is to get something else from you. And here's the, here's the offense in that. All of that says that what God's already done, which is more valuable than anything you'll ever get down here on earth, is not enough, right? That cross, I was so glad that we finally got our cross up. But that's the most important thing, not the piece of wood right there, but what he did on the cross. That is why we do anything for God, because of what he has done. He died for me. There'll never be anything I get on earth to top that. There'll never be a blessing I receive on earth, an item I receive on earth. I'm no longer going to hell, but I'm going to heaven for sure. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And for that, I'll worship you gladly. I'll serve you with passion. I'll, whatever I can do, I'll tell other people I'll serve you. And I don't need anything. That's, that's all I need right there. That's what I need before I die. Everything else is going to come through my hands and fall right through. That's going to take me home. That's going to be with me for all eternity. That's the most important thing. And so when we worship, when we serve, it's, it's, that's how we want that's what the ministry of the, the gospel of grace does. It says, God, you, you've been good to me when I didn't deserve it. And now I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for what you've done that, Lord, here's my life. I worship you. I have my life. I surrender it to you. I don't want to clean up my life so God will accept me. I'm so blown away that he's accepted me already. I'm blown away of the condition I was in when he accepted me that I'm saying, God, I just want to do right not you've already accepted me when God accepted me I was living with a girl that wasn't my wife I was selling weed doing credit card scams and selling stolen guns that's that was when I I got saved that was where I that was my house that was all in my apartment that day that I got saved he saved me like that I can't fix that I'm, I'm now I'm not worse I'm better now praise God you know by his grace you know but uh I look back on that and think, if you took me then I'm good. I mean, I never had to worry about nothing. I'm good. You took me there. I mean, you say I was going to heaven that day. You know, that's grace. That's I, I didn't deserve that. I didn't earn that. How foolish would it be for me to now be trying to do something to earn his his his? God, I'm gonna do this so you like me. I'm gonna do this so you'll accept me. God's like, man, did you remember when I took you? Look at where you were when I accepted. Look what a mess you. I took you then. 
So you know you're good now. Amen? Amen. And I hope that helps us out that we just, that grace can free us. Free us from legalism. Free us from religiousness. Free us to genuinely be people that just worship God for who he is and what he's done. And that's what Paul is so bummed out. They've been, they've been tricked out of the gospel of grace back into legalism. Paul's like, no, no. And so moving on, he said, I marvel again that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in grace, in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Verse seven, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. So he said, it's not another gospel. It's, it's, it's false through and through. And he says, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. It was true in Paul's day. It's true in our day. There are people that want to trouble you. Now, in our culture, there are groups that they don't really do evangelism. But what they do is try to find Christians, people that already believe the gospel, and they try to win you over to their doctrinal position. They're not stirred up to go out and reach the lost. They feel like people are going to be saved, going to be saved. People are going to be lost, going to be lost. They're not interested in going out and doing that. What they do want is to find people that already believe and then bring you into their theology. You know, let me let me let me help you understand more fully, you know, the, the doctrines of grace and so forth and so on. Be careful of that. Be careful. Be careful of those that are looking for that. When you know, when you look at some of the different cults, most cults use a Bible. They don't believe in it, but they use it. Most cults take our Bible and, you know, they want people that believe in the Bible, but they don't know it. That's what they're that that is their prey. That is that is what they go after. Jehovah's Witness come to your door and you believe in the Bible. Yes. Prime candidate, especially if you don't know it. You, you are you are prime pickings. Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, you know, Islam. The now these, you know, the what is the new thing? It's not new, but it's, it's I'm seeing a lot more of it. The, the the Hebrew Israelites, all these, they're all around here. They all use the Bible and they're preying on people that believe in it, but don't know it. And so that's why we encourage everybody here to be reading it every day. Get familiar with the word of God. That's why we read through the Bible every year together. And we challenge you guys, give you the bookmark, put it on the church app, trying to encourage you to read through the Bible. Get, get an ear for the word of God so that when you hear something false, there's a Holy Spirit alarm inside saying, that ain't what that means. I read that book all the way through. That's out of context. That's not what that means. You, if you don't know this, you can become a victim of that. These guys came in after Paul and they brought in a different gospel and the people were given ear. They said he said they, they came to pervert the gospel of Christ. What does it mean to pervert something? It's to change it from its original format. You know, there's perversion is is changing something from its original use, what it was originally intended to do. They're perverting the gospel. So instead of it being something you received by grace, nothing you could do to earn it. They're saying, no, 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 you got to add something to it. There's something you got to do. You got to do something. That's a perversion of the gospel. And once you pervert the gospel, it's no longer the gospel. Verse eight, Paul says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. In the Greek, that word accursed is anathema. And it's a very strong word. It means let him be damned to hell. Paul says if an angel from heaven, and I want to note, he didn't say an angel from God, not one of God's messengers. Y'all know Satan is flowing all around. If you look, read the book of Job, uh, it says that the sons of God presented themselves before the angels of, in, in God's presence. And God had this interaction with Satan there. And so an angel from heaven, an angelic being, if an angelic being comes and preaches another gospel, Paul said, let him be damned to hell. 
for that message. That's the that's the mindset. Now, again, American Christians just have a hard time with this. But if somebody comes with another message and Paul said, man, it's such it's so important. The gospel is you can't be wrong about the gospel. We can differ on some little side stuff. We can differ on, you know, you know, some other issues and, and, you know, who can do what and when you can pray in tongues. And, you know, you can be wrong about that and get to heaven. But we can't differ on the gospel. People are going to hell for that. People are missing eternity when you pervert this message. So Paul says, you come uh, maligning the gospel, let you be damned to hell. That's that's strong language. That's got to be the attitude of the church. That I can't look at someone preaching a false gospel and say, well, you know, he's still a brother in the Lord and I got to kind of be nice. And no, damned to hell. That message that he's preaching is going to cause people to be damned to hell. And if he won't hear you tell him the truth, you can't you just can't be soft with that. That's where we can't be soft. And sometimes as Christians, we want to love. Every, I want to love everybody, too. But I understand this. If you're taking people to hell, let them preach that message to your kids. And you tell me what kind of fire is going to raise up in you. So I pastor a church. So when I see people that get off into these things and, and they're, getting, they're getting robbed and ripped off, I'm upset. It bothers me. I know that they're, like, that they're not experiencing all that God wanted them to experience. And it's because these people are maligning the word of God. They're adding or taking away or whatever. And so someone perverts the gospel. Paul says, I don't care if the angel from heaven comes. Let them be anathema. Let him be damned to hell. And so that would that would rule out Joseph Smith's his whole testimony about how he got his message was he was at the tree and the angel Moroni came and damned to hell. Moroni message is over with. There'd be no more. If, if we just went by this, that, there, there, that would have no validity from that point on. That's another gospel. No good. So I like to give this to people. You know, what's a, just a, a clearest, you know, maybe the clearest explanation of the gospel in the in the New Testament. And so if you guys are writing notes, I'd like you to write this down. Write down 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. You write that down in your notes. Paul speaking here, sir, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I have preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Here it is. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, verse four, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And if you read on and he was seen by Cephas or Peter, and by the 12, and after that he was seen by 500 more, he was seen. But the bottom line, that gospel is this, that Christ died according to the scriptures. He was buried, and three days later he rose according to the scripture. Paul said, that's the gospel I preached that y'all believe and which saved you. And so when we go out and preach the gospel, notice who's doing everything in that message. Who does all the doing? Christ died. He was buried. He raised. We believed. That's the gospel. Christ died, he was buried, he raised, we believe, and we received that message. That is the gospel. Nothing else added to that. Paul said, that's the message I preached, that you guys believe, and if you stand in that, you're good. And so that's the gospel that we want to stand in. Amen?
Anybody add something else to it? Reject it, run from it, beat them up, don't beat them up. Reject it, run from it, you know, tell them, read them that verse, you know, but don't accept it. It's another gospel. And so we're going to, two more verses. Look at um, verse nine. He says, and we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches another gospel to you than that which you have received, let him be a curse. So he, he just exclamation point said the same thing another time. And again, whenever you hear the same thing twice in scripture, it's emphatic. He's saying one more time. You didn't hear me good the first time. You know, if anybody come preach another gospel, let him be accursed. You didn't hear it the first time. He said it again the second time. One verse later, verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And this is the last thing we're going to read today. Paul says, look, I'm not trying to please people. And, you know, people have come in. Paul, I've become accustomed, accustomed to people not liking me for doing what God called me to do. And he said, when I still try, it was my goal to please men that I couldn't please Christ. And I believe he's putting a finger on maybe the weakness in the Galatian church. Maybe as these people came in, they come in, they seem very authoritative. They seem to have power and, and maybe they, they succumb to that. And they said, wow, you know, I find a lot of times those that don't have real authority from God, they do other things to try to drum up their authority. And they may do it in the way that they dress, that you'll always know who they are because look at that outfit he's got on. He must be really, he must be the guy. He must be. And so you look at scenarios and, and things where men don't really have authority from God, well, they'll wear their authority. So that you, this is how I want you, I need you to know that I'm something important. I'll wear it. Or I'll behave in such a way. There, I'm, how many of you guys have been in churches where you couldn't touch the minister? He's got armor bearers in front of him and you couldn't touch him and you know, there, there's a couple here. They said that the guy, after he would preach, the anointing was so heavy on him that you couldn't touch him yet. You know, almost like the Shekinah. Like, y'all know that's just, I said, bring that brother wife up. Let, let, tell us how anointed he really, you know, like, that's a mess. But it's, it's commonplace. People do it. And so, you know, they do things that kind of well up authority. It, you know, Paul said, that if it was my goal to please men, I couldn't be the bond servant of Christ. And that word bond servant in the Greek is doulos. And it means this. It's one whose will, your will is altogether consumed in the will of another. Completely surrendered to the will of someone else. Paul said, I couldn't be the bond servant of Christ if I was worried about what somebody else thinks. And that's liberating as well. When you and I come to the place, we say only Christ died for me. And I'm only concerned with what he thinks. And I can live my life trying to please him. That's who I want to please. I won't fear men. I won't be a man pleaser. The Bible says the fear of man is a snare. But I'll be a person that chooses to please the Lord. And I'm going to fear the Lord and please the Lord and let everything else fall where it falls. That's liberation. Then I don't have to worry about, you know, it, it's hard to please. A lot of, there's too many different people with different expectations. But if you could just please Christ, that's good enough. Amen. Amen. And so Paul says, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about any of those things. It's, he says, I, I, I could not be the bondservant of Christ if I was still worrying about pleasing people. And so as we wrap this up this morning, beginning this great book, and there's a lot in it, uh, I think the overtone of the main thing today that I hope we gathered is grace. That the gospel came through grace. God giving you and me what we don't deserve and desiring that we would receive it just that way. That we wouldn't add anything to it or allow there to be a perversion of it. And so for some of us, we're here. And we're standing in that grace. We believe in the gospel, the grace of God, and we receive that and we walk in it. And hopefully this will encourage you as you continue to reach out to others and minister the gospel of grace. 
But maybe there are people today that you're here and you're saying, man, I believe the different gospel. I've been trying to earn a right standing with God. Maybe you're you're one where your walk has been up and down because you're like, man, I'm not doing good. No, I'm doing bad. I'm doing better. And, And you don't understand that God will take you just how you are. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Pastor Bill is going through the book of Galatians. Here, Paul lays out for us the transformation that happens in our lives when we die to sin and begin to live in the Spirit. In chapter 5, he tells us that the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. He contrasts that with the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Quite the transformation, don't you agree? Here at A Transforming Word, we are committed to presenting the Word of God that transforms hearts and minds. And you can join us in that. You can find us online at calvaryinglewood.org. When you head over to calvaryinglewood.org, look for the link to give. Your support makes the ministry possible. Together, we can spread the word of God, which has the power to take lives dominated by the flesh and fill them with the life found in the fruit of the Spirit. If you were challenged or encouraged by today's message and you'd like to hear more, check out our mobile app. Think of all the messages you could listen to anytime and anywhere you bring your phone. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We've come to the end of our time together today. We're so glad you chose to join us in learning from the book of Galatians. Let's all continue the life of transformation next time on A Transforming Word.